welcome to the Deli Pod <coughs> James Deli Paul. And I know I always say I'm excited about this week's special guest, but before we meet him, a quick word from our excellent sponsor. As you know, I've been advocating quite a lot recently about the positive impact a real food diet can have on your health, and I'm not about to stop. Hunter and Gather have changed the game for me, so I want to keep sharing them with you. They're an ancestrally inspired real food and supplements brand, um, simplifying optimal healthy living by making the most amazing range of products. Their range spans from excellent tasting mayonnaises and condiments, all free from refined sugar and seed oils, to cooking oils and supplements such as collagen powder, freeze-dried lamb's organs in easy-to-take capsules, and MCT oil. In addition to a 10% discount on subscription orders which can be cancelled any time, we've teamed up with the folk at Hunter & Gather to offer you a further 10% off which you can redeem by heading to hunterandgatherfoods.com and using the code TDP10. Enjoy. Well, welcome. Welcome to the Delling Pod, Dave Cullum. Or I should probably call you Professor Dr. No. Dave no. Cullum. You should call me Dave. Okay. Dave, <laughs> um, I've listened to some of your stuff and, and I was struck. I hope you, you'll, you'll consider this a compliment. I thought this guy is kind of the American James Dellingpole. You're kind yes, of that. that's, that's a compliment. That's a compliment. Filter free, any topic, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, you before we started, you named two of my favorite topics. That, that, I mean, we could talk about anything, but I think actually Ukraine and finance are pretty good subjects for a, an hour and a half right. uh, podcast. But before we go on, tell me a bit about yourself. I mean, I know you're a chemistry professor and I know you're you're at Cornell. So my first question to you is how the hell have you not been fired for your for your views? Um, I've been canceled. Um I would be tough to fire for starters. I also, let me give Cornell credit. I'm not sure they have any interest in firing me. So um, I actually am pretty proud and fond of our administration in general. There's a couple who are losers, but um, but I'd say in general, I like Cornell's administration. I think they're pretty good with free speech. They get bad press sometimes. I don't quite understand. It could be we haven't, uh, you know, like what's that um, uh, campus reform has has people on campuses who tell horror stories. And we might have an active couple of reporters on campus. So Cornell's getting some press. But I, generally, I say Cornell does pretty well. Um, we've got was, some was, wokey shit going on. Right. Well, I, I, I don't see how you could escape that. But but perhaps I'm sort of um, confusing you or, or assuming that all universities are the same. I mean, Columbia which is the other sort of New York University is really, really bad, isn't it? It's the kind of epicenter I think so. of everything. I think so. Well, part of it's being in the city. So we're out in the burbs, right? We're, we're out. I, if I turn my camera around, you know, I, I live on a lake. I have a house that hangs off a hundred foot cliff looking west over Kegel Lake. It's very idyllic. It, it's wow. an extraordinary and it's not that expensive. I mean, I, I wrote a pretty good sized check to get it, but it's, you know, the, this, this house in, uh, Someplace like in California, hanging off the coast, would be a twenty million dollar house. It's, uh, it's a tiny, tiny fraction of that here. 
So, and, and do you get sort of bears and, and deer in your garden uh, and stuff? Uh, deer. Oh, my God, yes. In fact, driving down from the main road down the windy, cult, you know, hairpin curve covered road to the lake, um, you can't drive down without seeing a deer. But the, the bear, bears, I think, are sort of not too far away, but I've never seen one. So. And what sort of people, what, is there a sort of character to Cornell? I mean, apart from being an oh. idyllic spot. Oh, yeah. Um, because it's idyllic, if you think about how you build a department or a university, you scour the globe for the most talented people you can possibly find. And so academic chemists, for example, tend to be absolute top of the food chain. There, there are real talent who go off to pharma. But, but if you go to Harvard or someplace like that, the elite grad students seem to want to go into academia a lot, often. And so you scour the globe, you try to find the very best people, you put them all together in one building. It's kind of a formula for disaster because, because in theory, you have uh, all these egomaniacal crazies all trying to step on each other to get to the top. And, and there are departments that are very much like that. But, but Cornell chemistry is no way like that. Um, we applied the no asshole rule, which is if we detect the asshole, um, we won't make them a job offer. And, and so uh, I think that stems from the fact that we're kind of in the, in the country and the people who are here chose to be here because of environment. And I think that's a person who marches to a slightly different drummer. And am I right in thinking, I mean, this is, I, I know nothing about, about chemistry. Um, I don't I, either. But... <laughs> but I would imagine that it's one of the few scientific endeavors which has not been tainted by by woke by yeah i don't know no? <laughs> uh now uh for example you know naming names is a problem but i think mit's been absorbed pretty good I, i'm told that mit's um we're in an era now that will pass right this this whole woke period is, is it's a passing phase it's like raising a teenage right do you have kids do you have yeah yeah sure so so you don't spend your time trying to fix them because in a, in two weeks they'll be different anyway so you just kind of hang on by your nails and this woke stuff will go away because it's tiresome and and it's not supported by most people if, if you actually i think if you did an anonymous poll you'd find that most people are repulsed by it yeah. And uh, and so it will go away. The departments, I think, are going to make a mistake are the ones who are going to hyper react to it and hire people who are not competent to check some box. And and and, you know, we 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 find tremendous numbers of highly qualified women to hire. We don't need to check a box. Um, but I think the ones who who hire you know, gender only, and, and we'll, we'll lower the bar to, to, to do it, which we yeah. won't, um, then the, they'll look up 20 years from now and have a meatball. And, and no one will be giving them credits for having hired a woman 20 years back, because yeah. that will be history. That'll be ancient history. Okay, I'm with you. I'm, I'm obviously with you, with you on woke. It is a kind of, it's a, well, I mean, I, I, I think actually woke was, was, was designed to distract us from the much worse things that are going on in the world. Uh, I, I think it's an astroturf. Yeah. 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 It's like the culture. I, I used to play the culture wars game and I, I, I used to probably even write articles about, 
you know, how annoying it was that such and such a Cambridge college was handing back the bus that had been presented it to, it had been looted from Benin in, in the, in the 1880s and that, you know, or, or, or colleges going against their benefactors wishes by, by doing blah, blah, blah. Well, see, it's I still write about that. I still, no, I still write about it because of the human folly component. So I love writing about human folly. And so if I can write about it and laugh and blow a snot bubble, and if I can present it in a way, one of the best compliments I ever got, and I think it was in a section of my writings where I tell a news story and then I put in a wisecrack. Um, someone said, your responses are as good as Norm MacDonald's. And I said, holy cow, that is about as good a praise as you can get. And so I, I, I for example, this year I wrote about, um, Leah Thomas, who won the NCAA swimming championship as a transgender. So, so what I did was, is I wrote about how wonderful it was because she had suffered a crushing defeat. Where is she at? Yale? I can't Yale or Penn, one of the two, from, from the transgender at the other school. And she rallied back to win. And then I, I showed a picture of the, the two girls who took silver and bronze. And then I wrote about the psychology of silver medalists and said, silver medalists are the least happy. Bronze is happy to be getting a medal. Sil gold won. The silver medalist is, is the most disappointed because they were so close. And, I, and, and you can see the picture. And these two girls are just absolutely radiating rep repulsion to the fact they got beat by a, a dude. And, um, and, uh, and, and, and I said, Therefore, the silver medalists um, really more than ever before are not happy. So I criticize the female, uh, the female sports complex because we work so hard to get women's sports into place. And now we're letting someone destroy it for some politically motivated activist move that doesn't look benign. It doesn't look like just stupidity. It looks more, more sinister to me. Yeah. And 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 where are all these women who know what it's like to get up at five in the morning and swim laps for three hours and then go to school and then swim laps after school and then get beat by some some guy? I, I, I just don't understand where the women are. Why aren't they speaking up for sports? Yeah, women's I, I, sports. I totally agree with you with you on all this day. But the thing is, I mean, I'm not I'm not a, a particularly great fisherman, but it seems right? to me that fighting the culture wars is a bit like going out in a boat and shoving loads of loads of of ground bait down and and and, and the fish all come and you just sort of heave them out of the water with it with, with a net you know it's not like it's not like fly fishing it's kind of cheating because the, the targets are so obvious and they are obvious by design we can all yeah. see the outrageous absurdity and write eloquently about it and, 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 and bitterly about it or whatever about the absurdity of this, this, this thing, which is obviously a man dressed as a woman winning races, killing, killing female sport, which is the, which is the thing that the, simultaneously we're invited to celebrate all the sodding time. Like, I mean, right. in, in the UK now, for example, the BBC will say that the woman's sorry, They'll say England has won the World Cup uh, in football. And you think, wow, that's interesting. England's, you know, that, the, what, the first time since 1966. But no, it's not England, the men's team, the only team that counts. I mean, if you cared about this thing, it's the, <laughs> it's the women's team. I'm not so touching that one. <laughs> we, we, we get completely um, gas, 
gaslit, gaslighted into into the, this crazy world. But it, what I've noticed is that the journalists who've really gone big on on fighting woke, fighting pronouns, fighting writing these articles, are also the journalists who completely shit the bed when it came to things like COVID, the war right. in Ukraine. You know, right. it's it's their get out clause. It's like, look at me, I'm fighting this craziness that makes you angry. And and look, I'm I'm really outspoken about it. I can be really brave about the absurdity of 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 women winning races. You know, winning winning swimming races when they're obviously men. Um, and I'm not saying it's not it's not annoying, but Ukraine. And and the, the the new world order destroying us, you know, the collapse of the global economy. This is the real stuff. That yeah. is just a distraction. Yeah. So so again, um, what started about writing about human folly, the human folly got too serious. Yeah. And and so and and I've challenged people. I said, name a mainstream narrative that you actually believe and which you couldn't basically blow up with a few unfortunate facts. And, and you, have, you think about it and you go, boy, there isn't one, whether it's a laptop or whether it's an election. I actually think the elections were rigged pretty profoundly. Hmm. And, and the logic is simple. Besides the fact, I think there's evidence, but you can ignore the evidence. What you can look at is the fact that the, 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 the political complex both sides, both parties did not want Trump near that office again, right? Neither the Republicans nor the, I challenge people, name a Republican who you could bet your life on actually supports Trump, not just tied their wagon to him, but really supports him, really would take a bullet for him sort of thing. And, and I don't think you could name one confidently. And it's certainly not, you know, the leaders like Mitch McConnell, stuff like that. Yeah. And so 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 then the question is, so they they went at him as hard as they could with everything imaginable for four years and then forgot to rig the election. I don't think so. No. So so I can ignore all the facts and just say there's no way they let that election go by. No chance. By the way, um, you asked me about myself before we started. And yes, I must. I must confess. I felt slightly embarrassed about this, but my real journey down the rabbit hole, my real wake up moment was the stolen election. So oh, interesting, which, which I look, look, look back on now was just the kind of a peripheral thing, you know, just like mm -hmm. nothing compared with the things mm -hmm. I've discovered since. But it was, you know how before one, one makes the heroic journey, down the rabbit hole and you discover mm -hmm. that the world is completely not like we've been told. So the, so the rabbit holes, plural. Yeah. Yeah. The rabbit, the, the rabbit holes, but you need a kind of a traumatic event really to force mm -hmm. you into making that, that, that mm -hmm. journey. You, there, you there's know, one eye opener. There's one that catches your attention. Yeah. I was talking to um, one of the COVID battlers, the one of the lockdown battlers yesterday. I'm going to name his name cause I'm going to plug his book. And that is a guy named Aaron Cariotti. And, and I've written 200 pages on COVID and I've, I've read thousand hours easily on COVID right from the very beginning, right from when the virus was first showing up, I was starting to talk to biochemists, trying to understand it. I started reading immunology the summer before, just by chance. I have a degree in genetics as an undergrad, which is very much old and stale, but um, 
And I'm talking to Aaron by DM on Twitter. And Aaron wrote this brilliant book, which I can't tell you the title because I do audiobooks, so I don't ever see the title. Um, but it's Karyati, K-H-E-R-I-A-T-Y. And I've read so much, and it was still a good book. I just finished it. And he, he sort of expresses our rage. He expresses, um, he expresses, he goes deeply into the philosophies that, that have led to the problem. So it's a very, very thoughtful book. And I asked him, I said, were you predisposed to go down these rabbit holes? Because he hit every last one of them. He hit every one of them. And uh, I said, or did you hit them like a, a freight train in COVID, during COVID? Because he was, he was tooling along at UC Irvine's medical school and actually running their COVID response. And then oh, all really? of a sudden, yeah, the story just started to not make sense. And pretty soon he was a New World Order, you know, opponent and everything. The, the entire, you know, darkest, all the COVID guys, all the guys who went to the front line of the COVID battle have all gone ultra dark, ultra dark. You know, super left-wing liberals who are now buying guns and things like that. It's a yeah. real crazy world. And he said he was predisposed to the extent that um, to the extent that he knew the system had problems. But he said COVID was a, a real shock to him. And now here's the problem. He'll never be the same again. He, he will not ever be the same. So, so my trip down rabbit hole started years ago. And I think the first one was when I, when I was a freshman, I saw a talk by uh, Mark Lane, who was Oswald's lawyer. And I don't remember much about it because I really wasn't ready to, to understand it. But I, the one thing I remember is, is that he said Oswald didn't do it. And he said he was hired by the Kennedys to defend him. And Mark Lane was one of these famous lawyers. And I go, holy Jesus, right? So, so the Kennedy assassination tells you weird things can happen. Everyone seems to accept it. And they said, oh, but they're not happening now. It's like, well, that's a stupid conclusion, right? So then I, I just naturally went down rabbit holes. When I, I, I look at finance, part of my background in chemistry that helps is I went into an area that was complex as hell. No one had really dug into it correctly, in my opinion. I was told I couldn't understand it. I was, some people thought they did understand it. And, uh, and by, after 40 years, we found that pretty much everything that people used to say is not correct in some way. Sometimes it's profoundly wrong. And sometimes they're wrong, but it's not embarrassingly wrong, but they are wrong. And it makes, it's made it fun, right? If every paper you write says, oh, by the way, this was fucked up too, right? <laughs> Nobel Prize winning thing is not right, you know, and yeah. we've done that. Um, then I can also stare at 12 central bankers who all agree and say, I think you guys are wrong. And it's not that I necessarily believe I know more than them, but I have complete lack of faith and credentialed expertise. Yeah. And it's not, a, it wasn't a darkness. It was, it was something I kind of reveled in, I enjoyed. But then it's become a darkness because now, now the stakes are getting so high with inflation boxed in by bank runs and things like that. Now, now we're playing hardball and, and how they respond is going to be so profoundly important and and not even obvious what the best response is but so i started reading about economics mid 90s and the complexity was such an attraction to me and the the gaggle of idiots was such an attraction to me but 
can I can I pick you up on that point? I, I yeah, mean, yeah. What what their response is going to be? Surely it's going to be the worst response because this is by design. It's not like the, these guys are trying to save the global economy. These guys are deliberately trying to destroy the financial system in order to hide what they've been doing since 1913, since the since the Federal Reserve bankers started looting the you know devaluing the dollar and and skimming off the off of the the proceeds i mean they're all they're all crooks they're all in it yes but here let me make a counter argument to that that's that doesn't disagree with that but it adds sort of a another layer and that is um they want the system to keep going so volcker for example is viewed as everyone's hero because he 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 slayed double digit inflation you can make an argument that's not true and it's not a crazy argument the argument being that that at the moment that that Volcker was hammering the interest the, the 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 credit markets with high interest rates, that was when the Chinese started flooding the world with cheap labor. Russia started flooding the world with with cheap resources. U.S. demographics were just kicking into gear. We were going from super super low valuations. We were be, about to begin a march. People don't know this. Um, the valuations of equity markets have risen annualized 3% a year. The valuations have risen 3% a year. That's an unbelievable tailwind. And if we do that for the next 40 years in reverse, negative 3% a year for the next 40 years to get to do the round trip, then, then that's going to be a headwind of unimagined proportions. And so Volcker was both working for the so-called deep state, deep bank, deep street, I like to call it actually, um, but also that involves saving the system, right? And mm -hmm. I think it's possible that Powell faces the same thing. So I think it's possible that Powell as an elderly gentleman is going, okay, I have a choice. I can either do what I'm told and save the banks garishly, save the equity markets garishly, or I can join Volcker in the pantheon of central bankers and do the hard thing. And the hard thing will be what he's been promising to do, inflict pain. And he said it so many times in so many direct ways. And the other day, for example, he was being drilled by the rocket surgeon of rocket surgeons in Congress, Rashid Talib, right? Whose who's, who's double digit IQ is not near the triple digits, best I can tell. Um, she was drilling him about um, about how him hiking up rates would make it hard for the government to fund itself, right? And this is an absolutely clear problem. And he said, that's not my job. And I, that, should that should have slaughtered the markets. If people didn't hear that, they just didn't hear it. When he says, it's not my problem helping the government fund it. I, I've been saying, and I, and I wrote this last year, Powell is trying to tighten while Congress is fighting it tooth and nail, spending money like, like drunken sailors. Powell's got to be looking at Congress and saying, you guys are not helping me. You're not my friend. I'm trying to solve a problem here. And you just keep passing spending bills and giving money to Ukraine and giving, giving you know, ESG shit money. And we can talk about climate change, which is one of my favorite topics to shit all over. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. My it's, it's funny. So uh, for the benefit of um, people who don't follow American economic affairs, Jer Jerome Powell is the current head of the Federal Reserve, yeah? Mm -hmm. Who, 
you're the funny enough you're the second podcast guest to have have, have come out in favor of jerome powell well that, that that it's not a done deal that he's going to be our friend in the way most people think of course he's not your friend he's nobody well friend. but but he 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 also he um he, he they think he's going to pivot as soon as it gets painful and i'm going no he he promised pain he promised pain so so get ready for pain so pain pain means what he's not going to try and inflate out of i mean not that we, hyperinflate out of trouble he's going to what keep well, cutting hyper hyperinflate out of trouble is a paradox in its own right right if you hyperinflate you oh, are not out oh, of trouble but i'm doing i'm doing a podcast i have to call you back lots of love bye um so so if he hyperinflates then we're in deep trouble because that shreds the fabric of society right good for gold yeah well i own a lot of gold yeah, yeah. um yeah, people own 5% gold as insurance policy. That's like having a $10,000 life insurance policy. It'll pay for the funeral. Um, it's like having, what's that quote I used when you're, uh, uh, you'll have enough gas. You're flying at 50,000 feet, right? You're way above fair value. And uh, you, you, the one thing you know for sure is you have enough gas to get to the crash site. Um, oh, well, well, actually, out of interest, what, what is your optimal percentage of, of, of total um, assets? that should be allocated to gold then and silver? Well, um, I don't know what optimal is. I can tell you that if you if you add up all my assets, um, we're talking in it before the podcast about my house, which is three times more expensive than I need. It's life changing. I mean, I yeah. could show you a picture and it's just it's just a, a, a utopian existence. And I didn't think I cared. I thought, yeah, give me a give me a pot or something. I could throw a bed in the back. I don't care. I could live like a dirt ball. But but we stare west over Cuga Lake, hanging off a hundred foot cliff, and it's just idyllic. And we sit there with our laptops late at night and listen to the sounds of the lake. And, Feeling smart, and yeah. So, I, so, so I, so I have to consider that as a as an investment because it, it costs three times the house I moved from to get into it. So, so it's it's also the hordes cannot they can only attack on three sides. So the, that's the, right, that's right, that's right. In fact, when I got canceled. Um, I slept with loaded shotguns and I had knives in every room in case I got cornered. And, uh, and I was, I, the problem was, was during the George Floyd riots, we we're all locked down, but I didn't know if Antifa would show up. And so I was ready to say, okay, you know, you're going to take me to the light, but you're coming with me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I envy you that option that you have in America to, to, to go down guns blazing because we've, right. we've had, pretty much all our guns. Well, it's be. not optimum, right? It's not the optimum answer. Well, nothing's but, optimal I mean, in, these, I in, these, in these end times. Come on. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't think you can hedge against the worst case scenario. I think you can drive yourself nuts trying to, I know guys, you know, 10 years of freeze dried food. And I go, no, I, I, my hedge for that is 30 Valiums you know, just yeah, yeah. Down, down them and say, screw it. It's been good. But I, I don't look good in a purple Mohawk. I don't want to drive around in a truck with flames coming out the back. I, it just doesn't. Mel Gibson's role in Road Warrior no, just shit, doesn't appeal to Mad me. Max is yeah. not, we, we Mad Max. We don't want that. And I'm not going to do it. And so um, in any event, though, you got to survive brief rough period. Right. Yeah. yeah. So gold allocation, what, what percentage? Oh, um, gold, I'm probably ballpark 30 percent. 
yeah. got a lot of got a lot of cash equivalents. Um, a lot that of seems reasonable to me. Sort of zero to t- two year treasury. Um, some insured CDs, you know, uh, and, which I'm hope, hoping will hold up. Um, and cryptos? Are you are you in cryptos? I'm not in crypto because I think I, I believe they're going to have to do a battle against the state. I, I think I don't think cryptos. I don't think the maximalists. I think are not right. I, I've had I've been so many podcasts with crypto guys. So the elite crypto guys want to convert me for some reason. It's, it's like they show up at my door with a Bible under their arm, and I'm sympathetic to them. I'm totally sympathetic, but many of them do not understand the basic principles of markets, and they somehow think that you know why would crypto ever go you know down here and you go because that's what happens right that's just so i think the state capital s will at some point go against crypto or they'll absorb it and normalize it and then it's no longer good right yeah. I, so so at some point people say well what what price i go it's not about a price i i said no to crypto at ten dollars so i and yeah. and i don't lose sleep because i would have sold it at fifty dollars and spent the profits on therapy right so yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, that, so there'll yeah. be a, there might be a moment in time though where I go, okay, it's time. I'm going to buy crypto now, but it's also complicated enough. And I say, now people say, oh, it's really easy. No, 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 no. I I, I like real. I don't want to sit there and wonder about my keys and about who's got the crypto and my wallet. I, it's just I, I I I don't need it. Yeah, right now. So going going back to the 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 Fed and and you so say you you're. We don't want to want to sort of make predictions, but your sort of feeling is that actually we might get a sort of tightening. I, I won't be shocked if he hikes rates again, for example. And I think he has to, actually. I think he feels he'll have to because I don't think he wants to show weakness right now. Right. So right. I think he's going to hike rates. I think he might even say, look, this is not about rates. This is about a bad bank. Now, they're, they're painting SVB as a bad bank. And I, I, I've been arguing on Twitter. And people say, well, you know, they didn't hedge. And I go, you know, the hedging is a scam. So Citigroup in 08 said, we're hedged. I go, who, by the Klingon Empire? Who's hedging you? Right? So the banking system can't be hedged. The counterparty risk is always going to be there. Right? If, 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 uh, you know, if SVB went down 200 billion, that's an awful lot to lose. Whoever would whoever hedged that would would be insolvent fast if they if if it wasn't distributed really well. And we start losing banks, we got insolvencies everywhere. So so you can the um, leverage and risk and stuff is like the bathtub ring and the cat in the hat. It it moves all over the place. But it's hard to get rid of. Yeah, I, I I don't buy the obviously I don't buy nor I'm sure do you the the main the official narrative on I I don't like it at all actually on I think I think SVB I, they made some fundamental mistakes but to criticize them for owning treasuries they had to well they had to well and people say no they could have done this and I go owning treasuries six months ago if someone said oh you're an idiot for owning treasuries that's unsafe. I, there's an absurdity to the world when owning treasuries is unsafe. What it represents is uh, that the Fed driving rates down to zero made it uh, uh, unable to run a bank. It made it impossible to run a bank. Yeah. Yeah. But I think this is by design, Dave. 
I oh think yeah, 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 yeah. Like I mean, you know, I, I was listening to a pod this morning, um, and somebody was suggesting that the person responsible for starting the run on Jamie on, Diamond. Oh well, I was Peter Peter Thiel. A uh, Peter Thiel too. Yeah. Well, they might be talking to each other, but Peter Thiel sent a message to his friends: "This bank's not safe." Yeah, exactly. When, when you get an email from Peter Thiel says your bank's not safe and it's in Silicon Valley, you get the hell out. Yeah. And then, so I think what we will do is we will look up a year from now and we will have many less banks and the bigger banks will be bigger. And and this will be a classic case of a hostile takeover. I look at, for example, the COVID lockdown. You say, oh, it's about money. I go, yeah. What it also did was it was a complete hostile takeover every mom and pop shop in, in the world. Yes, it was. And, 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 you know, you can open Walmart, but you can't open Linda's Diner. What's that all about? Right. I, it just, it just, it, it, so it, it turned, it corporatized the entire globe. Okay. Profoundly. Let, let's get, let's go big picture. What do you think is happening? What, what is the overall game plan and who is doing this stuff? Well, um, I'm in a doctor Zoom group that's had all the famous COVID battlers, COVID vaccine, ivermectin battlers. That, you name it, McCullough, Malone, they've all been through it, or some of them are in it. Ryan called the whole enchilada. Bobby Kennedy um, come, go, have passed through it. One of the guys in there is a, is a former NSA analyst. And, uh, and someone said, who's the they? Who is this day? Because, you know, we know the World Economic Forum is this garish operation. It doesn't try to hide the fact that it's got the most fucked up ideas on the planet. Right. It's, it's so 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 that can't be the story. So Klaus Schwab is some front to keep us talking. Sure. Klaus, I mean, Klaus Schwab accent. will be. It's, it's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's a cartoon pet, villain. Petting his white cat and his, his Star Trek outfits and writing books that say nothing and stuff like that. So, but but they say stuff that's bizarre. And Yuval Harari's books, in my opinion, I'm one of the few people who think his books suck. Um, Edwin rants about Sapiens and Homo Deus and stuff. And I read them both. I go, they weren't that good. And um, and uh, so it's it's not simple. I've yet to run into someone who has convinced me they understand. And so there's this, there's, there's like Tom Luongo, who you should have on a podcast if you haven't had him. No, he uh, was the guy who was defending Jerome Powell. So. Uh, oh, is that other, right? Other oh, that's the guy you were talking to? Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, he's pretty good. He has this Davos versus U.S. banks model. Yeah. The problem with Tom's model, Tom is so smart and so thoroughly based in sort of facts. Um, but we're all smart enough that with enough facts, we can build a model that's robust enough that we can hang everything else upon it without ruining the model. And it doesn't mean the model's right. So it's like a Christmas tree that's robust. You just keep hanging ornaments off it. And so so we all have our models and it's, it's very hard to knock yourself and say, ah, my model was all wrong, right? That's hard to do. So his, his model's interesting. Um, I've been doing multiple way podcasts with Tom quite a bit with this guy, Tommy Kerrigan, who's entertaining. Um, and, uh, and, uh, so there could be a U.S. banking system versus Davos brawl going on. Could be China, Russia, you know, versus U.S. The Dav the, the, the world economic forum appears to have as its base case, uh, toppling the U.S. hegemon. 
right? So if you believe in a new world order that's not sovereign based, so if we, we went from monarchy to sovereign state to, to what? And if you want to get to a non-sovereign state-based system, absolutely positively, the first thing you got to do is knock out the U.S. Because we are, we are the, the country that can project militarily globally. And this is a sort of a Peter Zihon model, right? So Peter Zihon, who I have a mixed emotion about, but I, he's got some really good stuff and he's got some opinions I don't buy. But, but his, his, he points out that the U.S. is the only country that can project globally, that, you know, complete circumnavigate the globe militarily, and that it has allowed us to globalize. It's allowed oil to be shipped from anywhere. It's allowed goods to be shipped from anywhere because no one dares do anything because we will kick the crap out of them. Now, we quit true. projecting. We keep project. We stop projecting power. The high seas go back to, you know, Barbary pirates. Right. So, but, so but that, that I'm anti-war, but that makes, that gives me pause. The, the, my problem with that analysis is that it half imagines the U.S. to be the kind of good guys. Well, no, it's just U.S. being self-serving. Yeah. Yeah, so and it you, happens to work pretty well for globalization. It happens to play it, into that. It has done. It 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 has done. It, well, it's yeah. It's it's certainly worked well for the interests of the of the kind of the the the, the predator class. I would call them who've benefited from this. I mean, it so, hasn't so who, the, who else is there? <laughs> right? the, well, that's the that's the problem. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's not like the people. Roman. The Roman senators didn't care, right? The only reason they care about the little guy is when the little guy, instead of shooting laterally, starts shooting vertically. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it, it was ever thus. So so then you've got... I mean, have you, have you ever thought that, that there might be a sort of continuation, um, sort of blood lineage, if you like, between the people who ruled the world in Roman times and the people who sort of ran the Venetian Empire and the... Yes. Yes. I, here's an int I was talking to... Um, this is just an introductory observation. I was talking to one of the uh, COVID battlers who happens to be the remdesivir fighter. So everyone, like, everyone picked their topic to go after. You got Eddie Dowd going after, you know, all-cause deaths and stuff like that, right? Yeah. I knew Addie for years before that, by the way. Um, and you keep him on the phone long enough, and they, 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 the guard drops. And he said, he, said, uh, he said, you really want to know who I think China's opposing? And I said, who? And he said, the Catholic Church. My first thought was, really? But then I thought about it, and I go, you know, the Catholic Church, in theory at least, has been amassing power for 2,000 years. Its yeah. resources are sufficiently... Broadly based, that if I look down into the Valley of Ithaca, I can see real estate owned by the by the Catholic Church. And so I'm not talking Catholicism, the religion. I'm talking Catholicism, the geopolitical entity. I'm talking Catholicism, the 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 uh, the uh, the asset based thing, whatever that is. Whoever owns this shit. Like if there's a church downtown and they sell the church, who gets the money? Right? Where's it go? Um whatever that organization is. And so it's conceivable that underneath, at the very bottom layer, 
I'm just throwing this out for laughs. But the bottom layer could be the Catholic Church, right? It could be they own a third of the world. I don't know. I, I just don't know. And there have been some funny movements where the Vatican started calling money back into the Vatican Bank, but they were not big sums of money. So, but I know there's big sums of money. The Medici's, right? Where did the Medici money go? Where did the this, Rothschild money go? Yeah, yeah. Right? You mentioned the Rothschild, you get to choose being a Jew hater. I'm going, no, no, they're just a banking empire and they happen to be Jewish. Yeah, well, if, if, if you think I'm going to ignore the Rothschilds because they're Jewish for being accused of being well, anti-Semitic, you can bite me, right? I, I don't care. I just, the Rothschilds are a banking are, empire. Well, they're they not Jewish, Jewish either, right? No, they're not probably, right? Because they marry. Some of these guys are banging infidels and whatever else, right? I mean. This is the thing. It, it, it does get, it, it does get really, really difficult because, uh, I mean, I have, obviously, when you spend time down the rabbit hole, you get people who get really, really angry when you suggest that it is not the Jews who are responsible for everything. Because, you know, I mean, I, I, I get it. I get the point up to up to a point. You know, they run Hollywood. They run the entertainment industry. Um, you know, you look at the look at the credits, look at the production credits, look at look who's, who are the producer. They've all got Jewish names. Uh, same with you know, look look at the names of the of the of the big banks, the people who own. But, the but as Dave Chappelle said. When you're talking about Kanye West's big blunder, he said, there's two words you never put together, the and Jews. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going, that's really funny. So the bottom line is what? Millennia ago, when lending money was considered dirty and immoral, someone said, oh, let the Jews do it. The Jews, being smarter than shit, said, uh, yeah, we're okay with that. <laughs> right? And, and they built empires, right? And they also... And I hate to use it because it sounds very secular. It sounds very uh, stereotypical. But I, I believe, and I'm an I'm an atheist, but not not. I recognize the merits of religion, and I think they're being underestimated. But I'm myself not religious, so I've defended religion vehemently. But I'm not religious. Um, but 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 I also think that they that that in general they tend to stay within the tribe more than most religions. So I think a Catholic marrying outside Catholicism is nowhere near as hard as a Jew marrying outside the Jewish faith, right? And and so I think they've attempted to preserve their way of life, and that therefore um, keeps keeps somewhat of a target on them, right? Yeah, I, I, well, no, I mean, my, my own kind of get out of jail free on that score because, because it does get you into an awful lot of trouble. Is I, at the moment, and I'm, I'm, I'm always learning. I think that the world is run by competing mafia gangs. So you've, you've got right, the, right. the Jewish I mafia. I think that's right. I, by the way, I'm not yeah, even Meyer, sure they, Meyer Lansky and right. Exactly. Well, yeah, well, there's, there's, there's that, but also there's, the, I mean, when you go really down the rabbit hole, there is the question of, are they actually Jewish in the sense of, are they descendants of the, of the 12 tribes of Israel? No, they're not. I mean, a lot of these people, they are actually the descendants of, of the Khazarians who converted en masse to Judaism in the ninth or eighth uh, or ninth centuries. So they, so they do not have the matri matrilineal connection with with the, the tribes of Israel. So it gets really complicated. You know, who is a, who is a Jew who's not a Jew? And then it, and, and you look at the the black nobility, that which right. are the, which are the, the royal families and and the the aristocracy of the world. Well, right. they're not all Jewish, and yet probably they go back to the Romans and the Venetians and so on. So. I don't, 
and you mentioned the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church is not Jewish, almost by definition. That's my understanding. Yeah. Yeah. But but uh, I'm I'm not knowledgeable enough to be anti-Semitic. So for me to say the Jews requires I understand this, and I don't understand this stuff. So you know, I read Neil Ferguson's book years ago on the Rothschilds, and I came to the conclusion that he thought that the power had dissipated. Well, I think that that's was, rubbish. I think it's absolute rubbish. Well, and and then and then more recently, I've read about you know sort of Rothschild empire derived power structures, and I'm going okay, so probably not. When you think, look, when you think that that that. Um, in the aftermath of the Battle of Waterloo, whichever whichever Rothschild right. it was, Nathan or Mayor or, or, or the one or whatever, who sent the message, right? He had eighty percent of the entire UK stock market. I think <laughs> yeah, you, you don't fritter that away on kind of gambling I, I, or you, that, that that. No, that, I don't mean that, dissipate. That's what I mean dissipated by the infinitely branching tree. Yeah, rubbish, rubbish. I, I, I don't know, but I can I imagine think, being no, rubbish. So, so, so you've got, we know the history of the Federal Reserve. We right. know the names of the families. I mean, well, I've, uh, I'm assuming Rockefeller was one of them, J.P. Morgan. But these uh, guys are not Jewish, right? No, well, well exa exactly. So I, I don't think Rockefeller is Jewish. So I think it's a, this is a, a sterile conversation um, in, in the sense that, that we don't know. It cannot all be the Jews, they're, they're just one facet of it. Um, nevertheless, there is undoubtedly, that the, the world is run by genuinely evil people who right. loathe and despise us, who treat us like, who view us like cattle, and they are currently destroying us in, in myriad ways through the, through the pharma system, through the food supplies, by spraying are you, are you up on chemtrails all of this uh, the chemtrail story i don't buy but if you look at what's going on in the food production world it's certainly someone's sabotaging it yeah and I, totally. i've become increasingly concerned about gmos which two years ago i would i didn't give any credibility to at all and and i'm increasingly aware thinking that maybe that could be where allergies and stuff are coming from and stuff like that oh totally so, right. um, so my, but I don't, my, I don't know. So I haven't done, so, so I've done my homework on things like climate change and, and I think it's total crap and, and the GMOs, I'm, I'm just now generally disbelieving narratives. And so I'm generally willing to entertain you guys like Nassim Taleb, who's a smart bastard, truly detests GMOs. Right. And so I, I've got to give Nassim who one time gave me a two hour tutorial on the middle East, which had zero effect on my understanding. Um, but so so every narrative you and I both know seems like it's full of crap. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I, I mean, I have this theory that the more we are told something is true by the mainstream, the more it is it is likely to be untrue. And the more fact checkers, the more true that fact thing being fact checked, right? The direct proportionality. Um, yeah, I was going to mention briefly about about the GMO because because I, I I too was yeah you know, I, I read a book about climate change actually I I. Um, I mean, I'm totally with you on climate change. It is an absolute, it is the, well, I say, I was going to say it's the biggest scam, but actually I think now the whole COVID nonsense is the biggest scam. Uh, here's that. the problem with climate change, though. Climate change is not going to go away because you can always talk about what will happen in 100 years. Yeah, well, That goes true. on ad infinitum, and they're talking about $150 trillion. They're talking about, these are big numbers. So I think climate change is actually worse than COVID. 
It's certainly their um, their Siegfried line when 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 the previous things have collapsed. It, it is it is the 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 thing that yes, no, you're right. It's 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 sturdy. It's reliable. It's got dragon You can teeth. always go back to it. There's no it's way like, that that the, the the forces are going to penetrate that these. The, well, you just and... you just can. I mean, you can make all the arguments you want. I've given talks on climate change, and no one's ever said I think your talk's crap. No. But somehow it it doesn't seem to penetrate. On the other hand, I think of you know if I go out on Twitter and I do a poll, if you and I did a joint poll, we could we go out and co-author a poll on on climate change. I think we'd get about a ninety percent disbelief. But that doesn't matter. And that's one of my catchphrases. I say people say, well, you know, Oswald didn't kill Kennedy. And I go, so what? What are the consequences of that knowledge? And so climate change is fake. So what? They're still going to do it. They're still going to spend the trillions. They're still going to do the thing. COVID's kill people. So what? What are the consequences? I keep coming this. back to that. This is one of the one of the more frightening aspects of our time. That's right. That, that's right. That, it doesn't, the truth doesn't matter anymore. They go doesn't ahead penetrate. and do it anyway. Doesn't penetrate. And, no. and, and, and by the time, there's a meme out there where it shows some guy saying something bad. It's a guy in the meme that says something like, oh, you know, but Hunter, uh, you know, Hunter Biden's laptop is real. And then, and then the woman below it's got this horrified look on her face and she's screaming and says, Bring in COVID. <laughs> you know? And so as soon as we start smelling a problem, there will be a new narrative. The second and we start pounding on a problem, they go, OK, that one's worn out. New narrative. I agree. It is whatever the current thing is, they want to they want to steer the NPCs to the current thing. Just just so that I can make that point I was going to make so people don't people don't, don't wonder what I was going to say about GMOs, which is that when I was writing my book exposing the the nonsense about climate change and the entire industry and 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 the the ideology behind the global warming industry which has nothing to do with saving the planet but everything to do with destroying it actually they loathe nature they loathe mankind they loathe they hate us they hate everything but at the time i was saying but the green revolution saved us you know gmos Norman Borlaug, blah, 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 short, short, created strain. more calories, right? Created more calories, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, my wife gets arthritis. I get arthritis in my, you know, creaky, a, a late middle aged claws. How old are you? And um, how old she are was you? seeing. Uh, how old her, are you, James? I'm how old 57, are you? 57, I think. Yeah, yeah. So that is late middle age because you're not going to live to 114. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. I I I I try not to think about it too much because um, of all the all the the things that start going wrong. I mean, which right. is why which is ah, why I go fox hunting in the hope that I die uh, in 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 the field, you know, on a horse before I have to succumb to these horrible yeah. wasting diseases. Um, but um, anyway. She was seeing what do they call these doctors? Um, you know, like a, a real doctor, not 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 a kind of physiatrist. Physiatrist, maybe. The, the 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 ones that look after your whole body, anyway. A physiatrist would be a, a okay, a, okay. Well, a, a good one. Anyway. Something like GP. Yeah. And he said, he said to her, "Why don't you try giving up bread and or gluten?" It, no, it's not, it's not even the gluten. Actually, funnily enough. What it is, is the 
the, the strains of wheat they grow now. Oh, yes, stuff. I've seen this story. Just recently, I watched a whole documentary on the on why the modern wheat is so bad for you. Yeah. Yes. That's it. Very it, it strange. It causes an inflammatory response. So they've removed some key... In the same way, do you, I, I don't know whether you, whether you ever smoke weed, Dave. Well, in the olden days, but I don't trust my brain to be able to... Uh, to uh, so, so I pretty much gave up. I started smoking weed in middle school, so I got a good head start. And I pretty much gave it up about the end of my junior year of high school and said, it's OK, why you're sharp uh, or whatever. My friends were all stoners, but. Um, OK, I'll tell you something interesting about weed. It, it won't be as interesting to you as if you as it would be if you actually smoked. But a lot of it. The, in in some ways, these are really good time for weed smokers because you, you know, I mean, it's pretty much legal now in America. In, in, in right, most states. it is. Yeah, uh, totally. In, in in Thailand, for example, I think eighteen months ago, you would have got a death sentence for possessing a certain amount of a, a, a certain quantity of weed. Now it's completely legal in Thailand. That's a flip. So all, all around the world, it's it's these are good time for, for weed heads, and you and they have all these competitions where they grow all these strains, and you can go into your your shop in California. Or I don't know about Ithaca. Can you do, can you get weed there legally? We we can now. It turns out it it's not hard to get it in Ithaca. Let me put it that way. You go a little north, but I I'm told our first weed shop has actually appeared now. So anyway they'll make a lot of money because ithaca's filled with potheads there's no long, question long story short what, what and this this has, has to do with our discussion about genetically modified stuff <coughs> that what they what a lot of the weed you buy now is designed to completely fuck with your head it's designed to just get you completely off your face without the sort of the beneficial sort of warm body feelings and it's, so what they've done is it exaggerates the THC content, which is the, the sort of the head fuck element. Yeah, yeah. And but the, what they've taken away is the corresponding CBD thing. So the right. CBD and the THC are the kind of the yin and the yang of the total experience. And the, which makes me think that the 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 the, the, the marijuana industry is, is also controlled by big evil because that's what they want to do. You think big about evil. it. They, they want the kids to be screwed up. They don't want them to have a mellow, satisfying, rounded experience. They want to. Anyway, if you smoke too much weed with weed with too much THC in it, you do what is known as pull a whitey. You 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 go green or or, or pale, and you and you have a bad time. And the way to balance it out, I'm told by a, a weed growing friend, is to have a few drops of CBD oil on your tongue to 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 counterbalance. Interesting. The, interesting. Anyway. The same effect I think is happening is, is it has, they've done something to, to wheat, haven't they? Which they've taken. Well, let out. me get the weed thing. By the way, Alex Berenson wrote a book on weed and talked about how dangerous it was, and he got a lot of crap for it. But he went home one day and his he he he, he said he said he read somewhere that weed was causing great damage. He said to his wife, who is a psychologist. And he laughed about it. She said, no, that's known. He goes, what do you mean it's known? He said, oh, within the psychology world, we're aware that weed is just destroying people's fries, frying their brains. And he just didn't believe it. And he dug into it and wrote a book, Alex Berenson, the anti-vax Alex Berenson. Yeah, but I, I, Alex Berenson, the, the, who cucked out. I mean, he's, I, I used to be a, a fan-ish, but like, so what a, do you like do? a lot what of do the you, people what, what who do you, sort of rose to prominence in the, in the COVID wars, 
he just lost it. Right. I can't remember why. I can't remember what the issue was. I, I, I don't follow him anymore because I think he's, okay. I think he's, he's controlled opposition. Too famous now? No, it's not even, yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that. I think a lot of the names that, that, that get cited have been, have been steered towards prominence by the forces which we're fighting. I'm afraid. Interesting. So there. So okay. So then the question is, what is Tucker Carlson? That's a really good question. In, in fact, it might be the question, the most important question in the, the world. The question. Right now. That, I just. Don't, I, it's a profound question. I don't know. Well, where are you on this one? Because I, I keep well, hearing. He certainly touches the third rail all the time. But I also am aware that the Harlem Globetrotters could not exist without the Washington generals to pretend to play basketball against them. And so it's possible that this, I, I started, I, I read a lot of books on neuropsychology. So one guy asked me for investment books. I said, well, investing is not about investing either. It's about a lot of topics. And, um, but I've read a lot about totalitarianism and author authoritarianism. Here, you want a great book? Have you re read The True Believer? No, tell me. I, I, some guy told me to read The True Believer. It's about half the size of a normal book. It's an easy read, written 1953 by Eric Hoffer. It dominated my 2022 write-up because it just got into my DNA like there's no tomorrow. So I, I, I you, you will not regret reading The True Believer. And it's about, it it's about mob psychology and how how movements form and what fuels them and, and what the various players are. And it's really a fascinating story. And it just holds true. As you're reading the book, you're going, oh, there it is, there it is, there it is, there it is. You see it all around you. And the guy, he started out homeless. The guy started out homeless and he wrote this book and he became very prominent. But um, uh, so I recommend that. I got distracted by something. But he, I remember there's part of the book where he says, true leaders figure out where everyone wants to go and leads them there. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. So, um, so, so I think that it's possible that, that, you know, Jordan Peterson talks about this where they study lab rats playing. And, and if a lab rat is not allowed to win occasionally, it will, so a weaker rat, it, it will stop playing. And so, so when dogs play, they, they alternate the wins and the losses, even small. I've got a little Boston Terrier about this big in a Labrador. And they, they play in a way where there's winners and losers moving back and forth all the time. And so the idea is, is that if you don't give, let's say, our team occasional wins, we'll quit playing. Oh, by the way, right. Jordan Peterson's a, a, a wrong one as well. He's part of the, the trap. I, well, I think the fame does it. I worry about it doing it to me because and I do so many of these goddamn podcasts. And, and at some point, so is, is there some transition where you're, where you're starting to stay stuff because of your fame, not, not the stuff that, that got you the fame? You know, it's one yeah. of those. It's like, it's like journalists um, who s cease to be willing to pressure the topics of their journalism. Because they're protecting their. Um, does that happen? Do you do you feel threat? Do, do you do you feel that that's a likely um, possibility in your life? I I, I don't feel that at all. I, I don't. I, just I don't. Say I don't. Whatever shit I want to I say. Can, I can't detect it. It's one of those things I might not be able to. So I'm I don't, I'm not sure that if it's happening, I'm not sure I'd know it. But but I do know. I do know that that. 
the mass percentage of the world underestimates the importance of propaganda. The, the, the average person just has no idea how much they're marinating in propaganda. And so I've read lots. I went back to Edward Bernays, 1928 book on propaganda, read that. And, and, uh, and everything is propaganda, whether it's a TV commercial, whether it's your intro to your health food, which I thought was a good intro, you know, and it sounds like a good idea, but everything, but they're also selling it. So and anyone who's Bernays worked for worked for Madison Ave. And then, yeah. then, then he switched over to CIA later in life. But yeah. uh, so so I, I think the what's here's what stuns me. I, I'm marinating in scientists. And once in a while, I'll bring up COVID. Now, COVID is an obvious target of opportunity for a scientist just to get interested. Right. Just if you're a sciencey guy, you should you should care. I have one colleague who's as deep and dark as me. I have another who I can have rational conversations with, and he pays very detailed attention to the, the virus and the things that are claimed and myocarditis and why it's caused and stuff like that. Um, most of the colleagues I talk to not only don't they don't just not disagree, not agree with me, they're unaware of the debate. So they're unaware that the vaccine may not work. They're unaware that it might be causing deaths. They're unaware. They, they just have dismissed it somehow. I go, how can, the, how can the scientists not immediately go, oh, wow, this is fascinating. I'm going to dig into it I, I, You know, late at night in my spare time. I, they, they know nothing. If I tell them the vaccine causes you to get COVID more frequently than if you're not vaccinated. Yeah. They think that's they think it's preposterous. They don't, they've never heard this before. They've never heard about all cause mortality going up. They I, I, they've never heard of the that birth rates have been dropping. Yeah. In Australia, they've dropped eighty percent. Oh, don't say 80. that. Eighty. It's too de- it's too depressing, Dave. Can I can I can I segue rather sure, cunningly back to an earlier point while continuing with this one, which is on 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 Tucker Carlson. So I'm I'm a Tucker fan. I love him. I love his delivery. I, I hated his... him before, by the way. Right. I disliked him before. Okay. Uh, yeah, I quite like his preppiness. I quite like mm-hmm. his, you know, mm-hmm. um, his sassiness, um, his expressions. I love his expressions. But I'm constant, like you, I'm constantly monitor- monitoring him for signs that he is not one of us that he is actually right exactly yeah and the issue recently and this is this may come as a shock to you the issue that i do not trust him on and and where i think he's pushing i think the whole thing about gain of function lab leak is a lie it's just it's just it's designed to push an agenda uh I, i am i saying that viruses don't exist yeah, I'm agnostic about that one. I'm, I, I haven't done enough, and I haven't looked. I haven't done enough podcasts on the subject. I definitely think that we are being steered by the evil ones into getting het up about. Oh, and now they can in these labs that that evil Fauci is setting up via uh, a man whose name we know called Peter Danjak in in Ukraine and Wuhan, perhaps in cahoots with the evil Chinese. This they've even been putting. 
a bit of HIV in this thing and it's so deadly and there, and there are all these viruses everywhere. So we've got to give the, the World Health Organization more power to make the decisions to protect us from this blub, yada, yada, yada. Meanwhile, we're being di distracted from the real issue, which is vaccine injury, um, the coming the collapse of the financial system, CBDCs. You, you notice how, how we're being steered in this particular direction. So that's where I don't trust Tucker. He, look, I'm sure he's right about January the 6th, but, but does it really matter? You know, it wasn't that in itself a kind of distraction. But he's, he, I, I think he's, he's been promoting the idea that, oh, it, it, So it, here's it why January 6th is not a distraction, though. So, so January 6th is not a distraction because of the garishness in which they treated the January 6th you know, post January sixth, uh, defendants. Oh, but in do you a think way, real? oh, do I think there's people in jail? You see, red Indian guy, whatever he's called, Shaman. Oh, well, Sheep. he obviously he 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 seems very likely to have been playing a different role going into that whole thing. He's just another the, the flip side of Ray Epps. He's just well, I, he, I, he, yeah. I don't even think he's the flip side. I mean, I, he, he, he's on the same team as Ray Epps. Yes, he, he is, isn't he? He's and by the way, the other thing that's that that I got wind of, and I'm now getting a little more wind of, is that there's a there's a picture of uh, of of QAnon shaman at January 6 taking a selfie with a Ukrainian Nazi a known Ukrainian Nazi. Whoa. I think they imported Ukrainian Nazis for the shindig. Because they love Ukrainian Nazis. That this, this, well, this you can regime. also cap them when they're done doing what you need them to do, because who cares if you cap a Ukrainian Nazi? So you can get them to cause trouble. And then just, here's, here's a question I like to ask people. Um, <clears throat> you know, the, the left, the left have been using uh, the dead cops as 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 weapons um so we know that sicknick supposedly died of natural causes but that night and you go since when does a cop come off duty and then die that seems a little fishy four more committed suicide out of a total of about 200 cops that's so quite a high percentage to the extent that five out of 200 cops died and i, I know cops i said was there anything about that day that would make people commit suicide no. And well, PTSD. And I go, the cops would say, no, that was a, a, a an off night in Chicago. And um, <clears throat> so if there really were five dead cops, then then what the hell is going on? Right. So 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 what I'll tell you what bothers me. What bothers me is the garishness of their schemes. So 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 we've been offered this window into the darkness and yeah. and 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 they're no longer they who the they are heaven only knows they're no longer trying to get away with stuff they're just they're just throwing it at us and saying oh. we'll let the media clean up the mess and that bothers me a lot because yeah because them trying to get away with stuff kind of kept them in check because they go oh we could never pull that off and now they go we don't care we'll make sure the press just never mentions it okay can I read you something that that, it, Fire. that, that is, is perfect for this? Somebody posted it on my, my Telegram channel. It's from a guy, I, I, have you read this book? Michael A. Hoffman II, Secret Societies and Psychological Warfare. Sounds like a good book. It sounds great, actually. Yeah. What he says, the alchemical principle of the revelation of the method has as its chief component 
a clown-like grinning mockery of the victims as a show of power and macabre arrogance. And that's what you pick up out of authoritarianism. When this is performed in a veiled manner, accompanied by certain occult signs and symbolic words, and elicits no meaningful response of opposition or resistance from the targets, it is one of the most efficacious techniques of psychological warfare and mind rape. I mean, that's it, isn't it? That's what they're doing. Well, and and one of the things that supposedly is an extremely common emotion during the rise of authoritarianism is, uh, is confusion. And so if you can get people confounded, then you, then you kind of own them at that point. And, um, and, and that, again, people have to start reading about authoritarianism and totalitarianism. And, and I have trouble keeping the two different, separate. Authoritarianism is the, the state and totalitarianism, I think, is more localized. I, I don't know. I have trouble keeping them straight. Who cares? Life yeah. sucksism. Tomato, tomato. It doesn't really matter, does yeah, it? Yeah, who cares, right? Um, I read Live Not By Lies, which was, um, which was about preserving Catholicism in the Soviet Union. Or Christianity, I should say, yeah. and it talked about how, what people did to protect their kids, and that is tell them a lie. And so the kids couldn't go to school and say, "Oh, my dad says this," and all of a sudden you're in a gulag, right? So, and once you don't tell your kids the truth, then the truth gets lost, right? And, okay. And yeah. so, so we're kind of in the truth getting lost phase. I've now realized I don't know what history is anymore at all. No, at all. It's, it's all made up, right? Because I can see history being created right now. And mm. Cariotti fi- finished his book with a statement about that. He says, you know, there's a sense that in the end that it's all going to come out in the open. He says, there's no evidence of that. Well, this is the thing, you know, at the beginning when we were talking, we, we've got to spend some time talking about Ukraine. which we Yes, mean, absolutely. When, when, we were, when I was asking you about chemistry, what I was really asking you was, it seems to me that every branch of academe has been corrupted to a greater or lesser degree. Mm-hmm. So you've just mentioned history. Mm-hmm. I don't believe, I, I, there are these court historians, the people who get published by, the, the publishing industry publishes stuff that they, the dark ones, the evil ones want to publish because it's the publishing industry is part of the brainwashing process just like Hollywood is just like the music industry which is becoming more overt about its satanism about about its sexuality it's 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 corrupt beyond measure now the music industry but history is about promoting lies right. um climate science is not even a science it's just not a kind a of branch of sociology I think within that discipline there are people doing good science but what they've learned is shut up or you won't get funded. So yeah, yeah. just just do what you're doing. And I've read papers about climate change where the paper says that that there's a problem with the narrative. And then at the end they say, and of course, climate change is a fundamental problem. And I go, your paper just didn't say that. Your data doesn't support that. Same with, it's just like the vaccine where at the end they say, you know, the vaccine killed more people, but it's still effic- efficacious, you know? And you go, no, it's not, but you had to say it. You had to say it. Yeah. You see, I, I think the whole field of virology, immunology could potentially be complete bollocks. Um, have you looked into, I bet, I bet you haven't considered this, um, evolutionary theory is bollocks. 
Well, it's complicated. Uh, and I have looked into evolutionary theory a lot. And what's really complicated is where, where genetics meets the environment. And so, so, so turning genes on and off and stuff, the nature nurture battle is just so much more complicated than I thought it was. Hmm. So, so I thought it was kind of some of the stuff's nature, some's nurture, and it's, it's just so much more complicated than that. Um, so I generally um, am an evolutionist, right? Right. I'm generally yeah. an evolutionist. I, yeah. I, 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 I just think that, it's complicated. That it, it can happen on a sort of micro level. I don't, I don't believe the macro theory at all. I mean, my dad, when, it, when I was growing up, used to breed guppies. And because, because guppies have a, a, a fairly brief, you know what guppies are? They're, yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. A little tiny yeah. fish, yeah. Yeah, okay. So because they have a, 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 a fairly short reproductive cycle, it means that you can isolate strains right uh mutant strains and you can create new strains of gut you can be your own right you know crazy, right crazy. you know you don't want to breed elephants to do genetic no, studies, no, he, right? but you can do it with guppies right and he did he, he invented these new strains of guppies which which we which won him lots of prizes around the world so i believe in micro but i don't believe in macro i do not believe that that these that things emerge from the primordial swamp and uh and and, and crawl onto land and then you, you know all the things we're we're told they did. I think that's a, uh, but look, I, I mean it's a journey, isn't it? The the rabbit hole is you 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 go to you yeah. Go I, I haven't I haven't gone down that rabbit hole. I'm, no. I I I I I believe that life will populate every square inch of the planet, and that it that the mutations allow it to get there. And I, I do believe in natural selection, and I do believe in the idea that what what what. What what's interesting though in evolution is the question of whether things evolved optimally and and someone recently in a book went through it and pointed out all the things that if you were planning it out in advance, you wouldn't design it that way, right? And right. And, and and so the idea is that actually we 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 evolutionarily can hijack functions that they were not used for. So we've evolved presumably in recent years to be able to read better because those who couldn't read didn't survive well in a more modern society. And reading's kind of cobbled together brain function. It's, it's not something that we primordially developed. And so, so we hijack circuitry evolutionarily. And so sometimes it, it doesn't, it's not optimized, it's, it's bastardized. I'll tell you what we can probably agree on, because this is one of the areas that really um, uh, pissed me off in my researches into the whole ecology the 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 idea that 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 nature exists in some kind of perfect balance a sort of steady state which was the the thinking of Howard oh i never and, believe that i Howard never believe and that eugene odom and I, I don't know whether you're aware i've i've become become a, a christian you know a proper like not a cultural christian as i was not not embarrassed church of england but full-on full-on christian I love my psalms, and one of my favourites is 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 Psalm eight, when it makes it absolutely clear that that God gave man dominion over over the animal kingdom. It's not it's mm -hmm. not like we are just one species among it. No, among, no. among many. That's just just and and you 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 hear priests now, sort of trendy vicars, really embarrassed about this, and they say, well, what it actually means is, I, I prefer the translation stewardship over nature. It's not like, we're we, we kind of equal. <laughs> no, absolute, absolute bollocks. And the reason, one of the reasons that God um, did this 
uh, apart from the fact that he totally loves hunting and and and, and wants us to go hunting because it's cool um but one of the things is you only have to look at what a landscape looks like when it is not been i mean look at trees look at look at a forest when the trees have not been thinned out or or look at a look at a landscape or look at a garden which has been allowed to go to seed it just looks a complete mess in no time and all the you know, the, the weeds take over and it looks really crap that that actually nature needs us there to do our stuff and make it look optimal which is what we do well uh, i have a different view on that that's a, a thermodynamic argument of that that is that um it applies to 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 our perception of nature and it applies to civilization and that is that both the uh, the organized nature that you described requires energy Mm-hmm. So, so the the natural randomness that you say is just a mess. That's kind of the that that's kind of nature running its random course, and and competing. But it it really does go to maximum disorder in some ways. Um, civilization is absolutely true. So when you build a building, everything is against the thermodynamics of the building entropically. So order, order. The building doesn't exist without the heat from fossil fuels. So heat is what battles disorder. And so modern society is exceedingly ordered because we got heat out of the fossil fuels and put it in the system. So enthalpy battles entropy. Entropy is sort of the natural direction where it's trying to go disordered. Let a city go. Stop taking care of it. It goes to crap. Let your house go. It goes to crap. It goes to disorder. You keep putting in enthalpy, energy, the heat from fossil fuels, and that brings in the order and so, so your image of nature is the image of of nature which we've brought enthalpy to bear on it which may um may explain i'm sure it does explain why the the evil ones are so keen to take hold of the energy of, of energy oh absolutely. to control our energy because as you've suggested it is kind of the key to everything it's it, it, it's our way of of making sense of our environment and our place in the in the environment of controlling it and if we can't do that which is of course what they want us not to be able to do they want us not to, at the moment in 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 england for example uh they want to register all our chickens even if we've only got two or three it used to be you used to have more than 50 before you qualified for the attentions of the state they don't want us to be self-sufficient they don't want us to heat our own homes they want us to be reliant on these crappy heat pump boilers to well to, so here's to... an interesting question so in a world where the the authorities are garishly unwilling to care about us right that's kind of a way yeah. of putting it um then the question is why have they not garishly said let's put in nuclear energy the the next we went from 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 just living off the land to Burning wood to burning coal to right to wit to 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 windmills and and mm. and uh, and hydroelectrics hydro powered stuff to to electricity and fossil fuels. The the very next logical point is to go to nuclear, and and we we started, and then we've stopped. It. And I know the claim is there's risk. The number of people who've actually died from nuclear accidents is trivial, completely trivial. Oh. And, and so, so exactly the question what. is, so, so, so my theory, by the way, is this, I, and I wrote this two years ago, I said, the next move is nuclear. 
but they don't want to have to fight Joe Sixpack on this. And so what they're going to do, this I wrote in 2021, what they're going to do is generate an energy crisis so that we beg for it, just oh. like we begged for a vaccine. So, so the pipelines and all the stuff is to, get us, is to get us to the point where we said, oh, God, I don't want to go through another winter like that. And, you, and then they go, well, you know, we could put a nuclear power plant in if you want. And they go, yes, bring us the power plant. I, no, I, I don't think so. I, I, I think the reason they resisted nuclear and, and the reason that they funded the anti-nuclear anti movement is because nuclear works. And they don't, want us to, they, they, they don't want us to have power that works. They don't want us to have abundant power. They want us to have so they want us, power. They want us to be subsistence living is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. Or dying. Or dying. Or dying. But look, I think we should, we should definitely do Ukraine because I, of all the- Let's go. All let's the, do it. That's what I wrote issues, about. That's it. Of all the things right now, I mean, even, even those of us who've been- our, our comrades, if you like, who've been completely right about the the pandemic, completely They're right about, about Ukraine. vaccines, and suddenly on Ukraine they've got blue and yellow flags in there. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you find this? It's surreal. So, so I started paying attention to Putin. I went back and looked at my records. As your audience may or may not know, I write one blog a year. I don't know a worse way to market a blog than write one a year. But I write this one blog and it, it, it started out as a few pages. It now runs into the 200 to 300 page level. Um, and and it's it's basically what happened that year. And someone recently said, what are you going to write about this year? I go, how do I know? The year hasn't really started yet. So how would I know? Um, last year, uh, so, so in 2015, I was the first pulse I picked up on Putin in my writings. And I believe that... What triggered it was probably the the Ukraine um, uh, uh, the overthrow of the Ukrainian president and Putin getting involved there. I, I I think that's what what probably triggered it. And what was said to be the most blatant CIA led coup in history, which is a very high bar. So you know, yeah. um, so in any case, so Ukraine's this polluted cesspool of a authoritarian state with nothing but corruption. The CIA has been running around there pumping weapons into a bunch of Nazis, not metaphorical Nazis. We're talking real Nazis, swastikas, Nazis, guys who fought against the, the, the Russians during the World War II, the guy who celebrate Nazism. These are real ones. And that's who the CIA has been funding for a dozen years. And now they're called freedom fighters. And Zelensky is a punk ass bitch. And he he's he's doing nothing to, to help Ukraine, in my opinion. He's bought and paid for. And uh, and I, I think I can make the case that we've been sending weapons to the wrong side. <laughs> that gets me in hot water for some people. But I think there's I think I think the evidence is that uh, Putin repeatedly tried to tell us, look, here is the dotted line you, you can't cross. I mean, it's like your wife saying, look, that girlfriend of yours. I just can't put up with it, right? You may want it, but you don't get to have her. It's it's her or me. Make the call. And Putin repeatedly tried to say that, and we just ignored him. We blew him off. And this particular war, I believe NATO wanted to start, wants to perpetuate it, doesn't care if Ukrainians die by the hundreds of thousands, which they are. 
and and then when it serves their purpose, it'll end, and they will the NATO will declare victory in some cockeyed way, or 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 declare defeat and blame Russia even more. I don't know, but it also could be the beginning, and I think seriously could be the beginning of the end of NATO in its current form, because I think that I think Europe should be telling us to go screw ourselves. Uh, well, I mean, especially after your president blew up the um, pipeline. The, oh. the pipeline. <laughs> yeah, and then tried to tell us it was the Russians. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I, I can't. Why would the Russians do that? The, the Russians are sort of supplying Germany. Well, with... Putin's crazy, right? Don't yeah. forget the Putin's crazy model. And so I, I urge people. My pin tweet is it's my annual write up. Now, here's what I'll also tell you. Let me do a plug. I never plug anything. No, you must plug it. You must. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plug something, which is, so a guy named Bob Moriarty, a, a real old school gold bug, been around for decades. He published my first blog ever under a pseudonym, Thomas. And it was about a page. I mean, it was just nothing. He didn't even know that until I told him that that was my first, first internet writing of any serious kind. And, uh, he took my annual write-up, which turned out to be, as he printed it out, 265 pages. And he created a book and set it up to be published on Amazon. And it's, it's now on Amazon. Now, let me tell your audience, if you're crazy enough to read the book, you're probably crazy enough to buy it, even though it's free on the internet. <laughs> So, 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 so he, he put it up there and, and it turns out I must've done, I don't know, 25 podcasts after it got released before the book got released. So the, the so there's, there's almost no reason to buy the book yeah, now because it's three months in, right? But it's selling for some reason okay. and I'm making 10 bucks a book and, and so I'm going <laughs> to, I'm so I don't know why you'd buy it, except some people like books instead of well, digital. How many have you sold? Uh, Two hundred and seventy-five or something. It, well, that turns out to be around twenty-seven hundred bucks or something, right? But 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 if I do it next year, he and by the way, he went back to two thousand nine to twelve, and, and has already created that one. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> we're we're we're. Uh, we're talking here's 22 and and this one is yet to be released this goes back to the beginning right. the first three years and and if you want to be a collector of an anthology they're all apparently they're all coming up they're now, very sexy covers if but yeah i know if i uh if i do it next year i think i'll i'll upload it to peak prosperity with a slight delay and then put the book out there and somehow alert the audience but why you'd buy the book, I don't know, except for he swears a lot of people would rather read a book than online. No, it's... I think that's true. I'm I'm old school. I mean, particularly for people of a certain generation, print is now, better. Here's what's key. The title is All Roads Lead to Ukraine. So I, this year, I realized and I wrote 70 pages on COVID and left it out. I just cut it out. It, you can see if you read it, you'll say, oh, it's coming as part three or something. And then I just said, screw it. There's so many people battling for the COVID space. Yeah, yeah. And I like to write about stuff people are missing. So that I present, I think, a compelling story 
as to why the Ukrainian narrative is dead wrong. Dead wrong. Yeah. I, I think, look, as, as I understand it, the CIA have been in Ukraine since it, the Ukraine since at least 1958, I, I, I think. They, mm-hmm. they, they supported the, the, the Nazis. You're right. These guys are real Nazis. There was a color revolution, i.e. a coup in 2014, mm-hmm. funded by George Soros and promoted by the, the, carried out by the CIA, yada, yada, yada. Do you, but I and get all John that. John McCain and Lindsey Graham and, right, the, the whole in Victoria Newland. Do, do, do oh, we think, way. where are you on Putin? Is he a good guy, a bad guy, or just? Well, that's too simple a question because good guy, bad guy has so much meaning. There's no doubt that Putin is a tough guy. Yeah. I, I broke a rule. When I put together a narrative like this, I put together Dave's narrative. So this is my narrative. What I try not to do is read books. The reason is I don't want to give you someone else's narrative. So when I read an article, it is a narrative, but at least it's a smaller pixel, right? And so I immediately gravitated towards the, oh, wait, 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 this story's not being told correctly. And so I, I found all the different sources, McGregor, uh, Aaron Matei, Tucker Carlson, um, 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 uh, Black, Colonel Black, uh, former state senator, um, various players, about 30 or 40 of them who were writing about Ukraine and picking up the alternative narrative. And I, what I brought to the story, I think, was I pulled them all together into a one story. They were each telling their story, but it was not being brought together. So, so I wrote this when it was not cool to oppose Ukraine at all. And if you if you oppose Ukraine and you supported Putin, you were a douchebag. And now you're start now the world's starting to go. Wait a minute, this Zelensky guy is really looking like a punk ass bitch here, right? He's really looking like a, a bad guy. And and so now all of a sudden you're going, oh, maybe I got this one wrong. Well, I got it. I wrote that before that was. Although you, you say that, Dave, you say that I only yesterday I looked into my wife's newspaper. I don't read the newspapers at all, but wife, wife out of habit gets a gets a newspaper. And there was an, an op ed by a guy I used to be friendly with. And he was saying one thing we can agree on that 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 Ukraine is not like the, the Iraq war, which divided us. This is an issue everyone is united on. I, that's, I, just, I, that's just wrong. That's just wrong. Yeah. Uh, now, I don't know the percentage because we'll never get a good read, but I, I'm telling you, my Twitter feed, if I do a well, poll... that's a self-selecting audience, Dave, to be fair. Except for once it starts getting retweeted, it gets outside the containment field. Yeah. So if you get a big enough sample size, enough retweet, you are no longer staying within the narrow group. And sometimes I'll put out a poll where if I only have a binary question, I'll say, do you lean left or right? So I get a double read on the left wing and the I get a read on the left wing's answers and the right wing's answers. You only get four, four Twitter poll answers. And... Uh, which invariably generates someone, a bunch of people saying, well, I don't lean left or, lean left or right. And I go, get a therapist. Yes, you do. And, uh, and uh, I, my, I, I'm telling you, I, I, I think there's two worlds. And one is the world of people who read social media. Yeah. 
And then the other is the people who just get newspapers, watch TV and listen to whoever. And and the, I, I don't think they're even the Venn diagram is almost non overlapped. Yes, I think you're right. That's true. And and then the question is who's nuts, right? And we think they're nuts and they think we're nuts. So where are you? My, my big worry at the moment is that obviously the, the, the Russians are about to crush the what, what's left of the Ukrainian army. They are crushing be, them in a, in a very big way. It's upsetting yes. if you think about these kids being rounded up in car parks and, and you know, these old men who, who never thought they'd have to go to war. Uh, I mean, they're getting really desperate, aren't they? The the, the Ukrainian regime. Yeah, it's like them. Hitler Youth, right? It's when fourteen-year-olds are being armed to go to go to battle. You got a problem. Yeah, right? and and this is blood on Biden's hand, bloods on Boris yep. Johnson's. All yep. these people who yep. are pushing this awful, mm-hmm. awful conflict. So, so we can see that the Russians are about to do what anyone who, who's got any understanding of the war knows they've been going to do for, for you know, could have predicted months ago, which is. They're going to crush the Ukrainian army. But you've got the Poles who are hungry for for war. They want to reclaim ancestral territory around Lviv, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 I mean, the Poles are going to, going to move in, aren't they? And it's going to become... A... I, I, don't, I don't know if they are unless we give them the go-ahead. Right? Well, well, it's not we, is it? It's not you and me. It's going to be... No, the, it's the, the U.S. Corrupt... It's the U.S. Yeah. So, so here, the tip-off for me of Ukraine, by the way, the first hint was uh, the news was showing the war. And even Twitter was showing a war. And I'm looking at going, this is not a war. This is not Saving Private Ryan scene one. This is not, this is not, um, this is not day one of the Iraq war, watching Baghdad get lit up like there's no tomorrow. This this is, you know, Russians moving in, talking to the populace. And and I think the, the case is easily made that Putin thought he could bring in the troops, get Zelensky to the negotiating table fast. Yeah. And not cause civilian casualties, not cause Russian casualties and not destroy Ukraine. And what he underestimated, apparently, was NATO's resolve to cause holy hell. So I blame NATO 100%. I'm 100% I'm percent anti-NATO in this war. I, I was strongly anti-NATO, but NATO has pushed this war. And so then what happens is all of a sudden, you know, they blow up the pipeline. They blow up the Kerch Bridge. And all of a sudden, Putin says, shit. So then he started taking out critical energy hubs to make Ukraine a pretty miserable place to live in. But I think it was potentially not very expensive to rebuild. So he wasn't blowing up refineries. He's blowing up critical connection points and things like that. He also, I think his absolute goal, let's use the harshest of terms, was to exterminate the Nazis. And so I think uh, Ritter said this the best, that Putin, he actually predicted it, predict, um, that Putin would fake into the cities, the Ukrainian defenses would pull back to defend the major cities, and then Putin would do an end run and head for where the military guys, the the the, the neo Nazis, not the neo Nazis, the Nazi Nazis, were hanging out. And that's why it was so bloody in Mariupol because that was the that was the home base of of the neo of the Nazis. So he well, got them in the Azov style, and then and I, I'm pretty sure those guys all died. Yeah, it, it, it reminds me very much of of what you read about the 
the Eastern Front in the Second World War, mm-hmm. where you've got the NKVD um, behind the behind the troops waiting to machine gun them if ever they show any signs of you know every every unit's got a got a commissar attached who will. Well, in the old days, they used to have the wives of the soldiers behind the soldiers with weapons. So if some guy came running, they plugged them. So, you know, this, is, this, this has been a problem since the dawn of, of, of war. Um, so I think Putin thought he could, he could resolve this NATO issue fairly painlessly. Yeah, yeah. And NATO said, oh, no, you don't. So, which, which, which leads to the question... What do you think the, the NATO's game plan is? What are they trying to achieve? Why are they so? Why do they so want to destroy Russia? Well, I, there's a combination of things. One is, uh, and some of these are. I worry. I'm there's layers of the onion, and I could be 28 layers away from truth. Right. Mm-hmm. One of the theories I have is that. Well, one is I think there's a bunch of cold warriors who simply have not accepted the fact that the Soviet Union is gone. And that no one in Russia really wants to regenerate the Soviet Union. It was a failed experiment. They know it. Putin knows it, right? And he might want to reassemble some countries, but not as the Soviet Union. He might want to get some some control of some regions back. It's conceivable. I don't even see evidence of that, really. I see him trying to get control of regions for military tactical purposes, right? So you got to control Crimea or whatever. But... Um, he doesn't want to send Russians back in body bags either. What he also, no one ever mentions the fact is that Ukrainians were slaughtering Ukrainians at the start of the war. Putin rolled into Ukraine to stop ethnic Russians from getting slaughtered. Yeah. Sure. And, and that story never gets told. And it, it, t- tens of thousands of ethnic Russians had already been slaughtered by these, yeah. these Azov battalion guys who were sort of like a Mexican drug cartel. Not big numbers, but, but brutal. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, absolutely. That, that and, might be ISIS of, of the of the yeah, Eastern Yeah, exactly. Front. So I, I look at Putin. I go, I, I can't fault him for what he did. I just, I, I just, I think what he did was a completely rational move. Do you do you ever try this out on your undergraduates? I don't teach undergrads for this reason. They won't let me near them. No, <laughs> I, 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 I'll, I'll talk to someone who will listen. Yeah, but. But again, it's back to the, my colleagues. I'm about to retire, so I have time. I'm transitioning. But um, my colleagues are busy. Chemists work very, very hard. Academic chemists, they put in long hours. And, you know, it's not a five-day, eight-hour workday. This is the, the image of academia being a bunch of lazy guys with patches on their arm just sitting around drinking coffee is just false, just complete. These guys are, you know, 12, 14-hour-day guys at 50 years old. But, They're banging okay. it out. So, and so at, at, they're busy. They're busy. But at high table or whatever it's, what, you know, where, whenever you congregate, <laughs> do you ever? ever I don't talk about. Colleague? I don't talk about this stuff. And they, and nor will they bring it up. One time, my wife, we had friends over who were super liberal. One of them I can talk to. One of them I can't. Um, my wife brought up the vaccine three times, and every time I said, "You don't want to go there." You don't want to go there. Finally, we went there and I lost my shit. <laughs> and I and 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 she was surprised. I said, I kept telling you, don't go there. And you kept going there. So, no, uh, it's not productive. My colleagues, my colleagues think I'm nuts. One of them referred to the, the, the clowns that I hang out with. Right. And I said, you know, 
I know for a fact that my 2021 write-up was read by the former Secretary of the Treasury. I know for a fact that my 2020 write-up was at least being discussed to be uploaded into the congressional record for COVID. So these clowns you're talking about, you know, I've I've been on Zoom calls with Bobby Kennedy and Scott Atlas, and you know, these are not the these are not clowns, right? These are, but but they they think I'm just hanging around with a bunch of loonies who are you know, <laughs> who don't who who think everything's fake, which unfortunately it's now true, um, but it didn't well, used to be true. Well, what isn't fake? Uh, you know, I would have said the moon landing, but I've read about that. <laughs> It's always bothered me that the flag waved the whole time. And, I, and and then I read an article that went through all the parts about the moon landing that are problematic. And I'm going, yeah. I, wa- I want to believe it. I really do want to believe it. <laughs> but the flag waving without atmosphere has always bothered Have me. Have you seen? The, <laughs> but the, it, the... I, I'm pretty, here's what I'll bet. The world is round. The world is spherical. I don't think the flat earthers have. I might right. take you up on that bet. Um, oh my babe. god! Yeah, yeah. Here's yeah, the yeah. no, 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 no. Here's the problem. I can't win. You'll either waste my time or you'll convince me and ruin my life. It's not. You know, no, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> I'll take you to a happy place. Oh Everything. yeah, happy place. Everything is a lie, <laughs> apart from chemistry. <laughs> chemistry is true. Well, no, yeah, no, it, it's a lie too. I've spent my career debunking chemistry. So, yeah. Um, yeah. where where science gets into trouble is when it meets politics. So, generally, science is not. Although, for example, if I apply for a grant from the Department of Energy, I I'm I don't do I'm not I don't get money from there. But I'm told you know three pages on why I'm inclusive. So That's so there's so there's there's a lot of. It's so important, yeah. So I had to fill out a dean's report this year. We're supposed to fill out a section on what we're doing to be inclusive. And I wrote, I don't discriminate against anyone based on race, creed, or color. And then there was another section that said, uh, said, uh, what do you do to, what do you do that supports Cornell's values? And I said, well, when you guys when I got canceled and you guys threw me under the bus, you made it pretty clear that what I say does not support Cornell values. So I'm just going to plead the fifth on this one. Good answer. Um, yeah. Yeah. But doesn't, doesn't chemistry, isn't it intrinsically um, uh, biased and, and unfair because like it favors certain elements. I mean, isn't hydrogen kind of, <laughs> Well, here's so here's a funny story. Um, I'm an organolithium chemist. It turns out it was really complicated, and I liked it. And that was what I was talking about. People would ask me about sodium, and it turns out sodium is oh, the footprint of sodium in chemistry is tiny compared to the footprint of lithium. And part of it's I, I didn't quite know why, but uh, but I also didn't know how to study it. There's technical reasons why sodium's different than the lithium for studying. And, and then I, I figured out how to solve those problems. So I started studying organosodium chemistry, and I thought it was going to be a mess. I thought I was going to find out there were problems like the, everything was insoluble or everything was too unstable or something was wrong, and it's working perfectly. And I, I sit there, I go, sodium's been around for, I don't know, 4.5 billion years, and somehow 
this element in the periodic table, just no one touched. And I, I mean, it was just organic chemists simply left it alone. And, and I, I don't know why. I thought it must be because when we got into it, it would be a mess. And you go, well, that's why. The empiricists tried it. It didn't work very well. And they moved on. But that's just not the case. So I'm about to, a reagent I developed last year is about to be commercialized by Alba Marley. I'm not getting a penny, unlike my book, where I'm making $10 a book. Yeah, um, yeah, but but Alba Marley's going to commercialize this thing because it's really good. And and I, I'm I'm shocked that literally chemists ignored this this very important element. Well, organic boring. Because nothing happens. Well, it's not, it's not boring. That's the problem. It's not. It's really reactive. And organic chemists like reactivity because that's how you form bonds and stuff. So it, it, I, I, in 10 years of organosodium chemistry is alive and well, I'm taking full credit. Oh, well, well done. Well, I'm glad you've cornered that market. Cornered I have. I've totally cornered the market. It's this little tiny well market. It's just, and I can give you an example. There's a lithium reagent. This is one of the most prominent reagents in all of organic chemistry. And I ask people, how many times a day does someone use this reagent? Per day. And they think about it, they go, oh, thousands. The corresponding sodium reagent and the lithium and sodium right next to each other. The exact same reagent for sodium, which has been around since 1959, there were seven papers total with that in it anywhere. So how do you take the lithium version at thousands per day and the sodium at seven times in a half a century? And it turns out we made it. We solved some minor technical issues that works beautifully. And you go, how did it get left alone? Well, I think you've just, you've saved sodium from years, decades of discrimination. 4.5 billion years. Of, of, yeah. <laughs> well, you, you, I mean, that's what you should have said in your reply. I mean, what have I done for Cornell's values? I hate discrimination. I and have I... combated in my field. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And I, by the way, am part of Big Pharma, too. So so in this field where a lot of people thought I would destroy my career, this was considered to be kind of a killing field. The complexity, I think people said, you're going to get slaughtered. And no one's going to care and whatever. Um, pharma discovered the importance of what we do. And so so I was finding, for example, when I get invited to talk, it was about 80 percent pharma, 10 percent, 20 percent academia. And, and the pharma guys were picking up on it and because they make things. And so we've, we've made some of the pharma companies some pretty big money by finding ways to make things that they didn't know how to make. Right. Well, so, so why do so you I, I've earned my keep. I've earned my keep. Oh, career-wise, yeah. I, you know, I get credit. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. But you think about how well, much ego. you can buy. Well, I'm actually doing okay for myself, and so I don't need more money. I okay. mean, I'm yeah. I'm happy to get it. It's a way of keeping score. But, but I, I you know, I, I, you know, if I had patented this thing that they're about to sell, maybe I would have gotten rich. I don't know. But patents tend to block use. Also, if there's a patent, people say, "Well, I don't want to use it then because it complicates the story." Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I get that. Um, Dave, we, 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 we could, as as we've discovered, we can just chat shit for forever. Forever. That's great. So, so we'll do another podcast sometime. Um, uh, uh, if you, if you're up for it, well, absolutely. Where, where can people find you, and where can people buy your best-selling <laughs> book on the Ukraine? Okay, so the book on Ukraine is if you go to Amazon, it's uh, it's David Column, 
and you just if you search that there's not a lot of choices and it's called uh, 2022 year in review uh again 2009 to 12 are coming up as soon as we hit the 300 bookmark maybe we'll release the next one um and uh and 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 you can also find the free version in my pinned tweet um and and that's at, at twitter that's at uh, david b column and uh and and I'm a bit of a Twitter hound like you. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, even that's another trap. Oh yeah, absolutely. But it's fun. So you I, know what? I, you know, I was thinking, Dave. The other thing you should have said is, I am the only out anti-Nazi professor at this. You know, I'm, I'm really an, genuinely anti-Nazi. You could. That's have said. right. Yeah. That that would be good. I'm the yeah. only oh, oh, overtly anti-Nazi professor. Yeah, I imagine you couldn't find many people on this campus who would side with Putin. No. That that so would, in the, fact they're, they're hard to find. They're hard to find now. There's people who now know Zelensky's a punk. But you won't get people saying that actually Putin's in the right on this one. You won't find that. No, I'm no. I'm I do not care. If someone wants to debate me, come at me. I'm I'm fine. The first thing I'll do is send you the 42 pages I wrote on it. And you That's can a, read it and, right. and you can decide whether or not. By the way, it's more than that because I've got sections in the first part, which is not explicitly Ukraine, where you could Nina, remember Nina Jankowitz? Nina oh, Jankowitz, she was that daffy chick who got put in charge of the Ministry of Truth, which is like the Department of Disinformation, which is very Orwellian sounding. And she was singing show tunes and stuff, and she's a total douchebag. And she um, she turns out, after singing too many show tunes, to be pulled down and stepped down from the position of the Minister of Truth, who was very quietly replaced with Michael Chertoff, the former head of the NSA. And I'm going, holy shit, she was a distraction. This is your model. She yeah. was a distraction. So I can get Chertoff and we're all exhausted fighting Nina Jankowitz. And next thing you know, this total neocon gets put in the position. Well, yeah. it turns out Nina Jankowitz, her previous gig was running around Ukraine doing PSYOP shit. You see, that's the thing. They, they are the, the conspiracy. The the psyop runs so deep. And and I got this from Newsweek. A guy named Arkin, William Arkin, I think. And he said, if you dug it all into Nina Jankowicz, you would have found all this crap. And he did a beautiful Whoa. job of laying out what a book. And and oh, let's let's go to Christia Freeland. You know, the trucker stopper. Right, Christia yeah. Freeland stepping on the truckers. What a horrific story that was, right? The truckers yeah. were the my I did a Twitter poll, 97% supported the truckers, and yeah. they stepped on them like bugs. Mm -hmm. It turns out that Christia Freeland, the number two in command behind the dildo Trudeau, is also in line to become secretary of NATO, who also has Ukrainian roots, Ukrainian Nazi roots, and spent time running around Ukraine doing journalism. Yeah. So all roads lead to Ukraine. And you got QAnon Shaman with his Ukrainian buddies at January 6th. And you got uh, Zelensky's patron in Ukraine, one of the Ukrainian oligarchs, don't make me pronounce his name, He's CEO of Burisma. Where have I heard that name before? Burisma. Who's that? Oh, yeah, Hunter Biden. Yeah. <laughs> right. I have to say, Dave, your book is, is well titled. 
It all roads you're, you're lead to a Ukraine. Good case. Yeah, yeah, all roads. And 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 how many bioweapons labs are in Ukraine? Forty six, admitted by the Pentagon. Have you seen the that picture of Zelensky uh, at the gay parade in New York in the nineteen? I suppose nineties. It must be. No. Have you seen that one? Send it to me if you can find it easily. If no. I find it, it, it crops up now and again. You know, he's wearing, he's bare-chested and he's wearing a sort of thong Well, yeah, he was a different kind of character like... back then, yeah. And I and mean, he's, now he's got the hot wife and, you know, whatever. But, but the, the, this is, going back to, I, I mentioned that I, I, I kind of got red-pilled by... Oh, and then that. FTX, right? FTX was laundering FTX, money through yeah. Ukraine. Right back to the DNC from the government, the United States government that, through Ukraine using FTX to get back to the, the DNC. FTX funded the the clinical trial showing ivermectin doesn't work. It's just it's just nonstop. You're right. So the Ukrainian bioweapons labs, what do you get out of having a Ukrainian bioweapons lab besides being offshore? Well, what you get is a country that has enough infrastructure to be able to support a sophisticated lab. So it can't be a Nigeria or something, right? You need better infrastructure, but also has enough losers where you can do your bioweapons experiments on people. Because mm. you can't do bioweapons studies on lab rats. So if you read Poisoner in Chief, I think by Kinzer, I think it might be by Kinzer. Um, he does a lot of books like that. Poisoner in Chief talks about the CIA's, you know, medical experiments, particularly the MK Ultra program, which I thought was maybe conspiracy theory only. I love I'm a conspiracy theorist. You're a conspiracy theorist. We 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 spend our lives looking at the conspiracies saying what's the story? Trying to find one that's wrong. And, that's and someone true. someone accuses me of being a conspiracy theorist. I say, Yeah, what's your fucking problem? Right, you're an idiot if you don't think men and women of wealth and power conspire. You're a total idiot. Yeah, and and so um, and and so um, I'm lost now. I'm just ranting. You're just yeah. getting the tail end rantathon. But uh, Ukraine is a huge story, huge story, and it and it's all bad. Yeah. Well, I think to be continued, um, Dave. I I I I sort of I made the mistake perhaps of of trying to cover too many bases where we, we could have just ranted for, for well, England and America on I can I have this habit of dragging us in every imaginable direction too so the best oh, podcasters yeah. are the ones who somehow can corral me but the, uh, you did a fine I'm, job I'm, I'm, <laughs> the problem is I, I I like going off piste as well so I, well, I really... you and I you said that in advance you said the biggest problem is you and I are going to agree on everything and yeah, that's well, we absolutely true. You're a little um, a little darker than me on some of the sort of the deep motivations. Like I'm still unclear on the population control theory. I, I get it. No, right? you're frankly gay on some issues, Dave. Uh, yeah, I'm gay just... on some issues. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a tranny. I don't know. Um, I, 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 I get I, I get to <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I appreciate the theory, and I certainly wouldn't bet my life it's not true. I mean, I, you know, Gates' father was a was a was a eugenicist, and eugenics was a huge topic in the yeah, yeah. turn of the century and stuff like that. And you know, lobotomies. Oh, we haven't were... even got gone to Satanism, and uh, you know, exactly, that's the, exactly that's the next one. And pedophilia, pedophilia. Well, 
Holy, I mean, holy you, Christ, oh, is that a big child one? trafficking in UK. Child trafficking, yes, and, and Epstein, and oh, by the way, all you know, we hear about how chronic tra child trafficking is, and we never discover the people receiving the kids. No. We never. They're not selling these kids to people in trailer parks. These kids are expensive. Yeah. And so these are going the to- This is even more expensive. Right. And so the, the so the child trafficking story. So I believe there actually is a big pedophile, global pedophile. Pizzagate has truth in it. I just don't know where you find it. I, I don't know what's nonsense and what's truth, but I, I'm convinced that there is a, a a large network of pedophiles who are who are all working together. Dave Collum did not kill himself. You just froze up. Oh, sorry. At the key moment, I said Dave Collum did not kill himself. Yeah, exactly. If I kill myself, yeah, I didn't do it, right? This is this is like uh, McAfee, right? If I kill myself, it's not me. No, I'm not upset. I'm not McAfee. You need I'm a not, dead man's a dead man's switch. I, I don't know Hillary, right? I, I I'm not one of the hundred and sixty odd people who mysteriously die from from knowing no, Hillary. She's a good woman. She's a good woman. Yes, She's Hillary, I'm, I'm going to vote for you if you run. Right. Yeah. And 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 uh, and and you can't replicate my handwriting in the uh, in the in the, the suicide note either. So for so give it They'd up. They'd never get my style. They, they, they'd completely screw it, up. Exactly. Too many tells. Exactly. And, and I embed some information that it would tell them. But then, of course, then we end up with the. But so what? Well, that's it. Even so Twitter will talk know, about Dave not killing himself, and then it'll be so what, right? Yeah. Even if you put sort of a like like on the side, sort of Hillary did this. Everyone will go, well, you yeah. You can well, tattoo it on your ass. So what? Yeah. <laughs> right? It just, it, you know, Hillary did this. And it, it, it just wouldn't matter. It's like, no, yes. It, but what did Kanye say today, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, we have our equivalents. Yeah. Uh, Dave, it's been great talking to you. Um, where can people people find your stuff apart from your best-selling well, so my, the, my year in reviews at Peak Prosperity, or the book, yeah. <laughs> and and David B. Column at Twitter, and otherwise there's just nothing. I, it's okay. just I'm I'm a faceless, nameless person. Okay, right. And um and and if people want to come and learn about chemistry, they can just rock on up to the Cornell campus and say, oh, oh, oh yeah, there's no chemistry. Tell me about sodium. My, my Twitter feed has no chemistry. Once in a blue moon. I, I posted something on my website that was useful and, and I, I post and I tweeted it and the chemist all jumped and said, thank you very much. We really appreciate that. Um, something really useful on the website. And all of a sudden the chemist showed up a number. I go, oh, well, apparently they are listening. Well, that's um, good. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, well, um, yeah, well, let, let, let's, let's do another one um, um, soon, I hope. Um, uh, let me just remind my beloved viewers and listeners, I really appreciate your support on, on Patreon, on Locals, on Subscribestar, on Substat. You can buy me a coffee. Um, otherwise, the enemy will win. So you must give me money to make me happy and to support me in my work. And um, check out some of, the, uh, some of the stuff that I was... Uh, <laughs> advertising at the beginning it's i mean it's it's, it's genuinely good hunter and gather i i absolutely love it I, and i have a real problem eating shit mayonnaise now with sea doors i mean you you can't you just poison yourself so yeah go for it or you can uh, save all you, or you can save all that money and buy my book <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you were offering a 10 percent discount whereas hunter and gather oh. right i'll see you then dave i'll see you. that was great
Okay, thanks. Um, stop.